You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway and sports meets show business. I'm your host, Al Malafronte, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, tonight, we're lucky enough to welcome someone who I consider a dear friend from yesteryear. Uh, if you've been listening to this show long enough, I've talked many times about the incredible experience I had in college as a production intern at Kaufman Astoria Studios here in New York, where Sesame Street was taped. And how that helped shape me in so many ways. Uh, you know, we might as well start referring to this block of episodes as Muppet Mentorship Month or something like that. As over the past year or so, I just feel so fortunate to have reconnected with some folks that I consider uh, not only to be amazing performers when it comes to creating characters, but those who I believe have done some of the best and most important work on television, both with The Muppets and on Sesame Street. Uh, that spring internship is a huge reason why I'm doing this podcast today. Obviously, as an intern, you're not really an employee. You're not an established presence on the set in any way, but you're there to learn and hopefully fuel your creative passions and eventually do something with them. Uh, there were three or four out of those 20 performers on that show who, to this day, I still can't believe how amazing they were to a college kid on set two or three days a week when quite often I was just handing out script revisions. Uh, much like our friends of the show, Steve Whitmire and Fran Brill, no matter how crazy the shooting day was, our special guest tonight always took time out of her day to call me over, show me the inner workings of what she was doing with her characters, the way she went about her craft and manipulation. And I'll never forget those days where I was lucky enough to be invited into the Muppet Lounge to have coffee with her and friends and just talk about life. As we record this episode tonight, our special guest tonight now has a career as an official Muppeteer that spans more than 30 years. Uh, there have been some special performers that have helped shape that troupe, but I think the overall cultural impact that tonight's guest has made on the franchise is as significant as anyone's. In uh, 1991, she created and developed Rosita, the first ever bilingual Muppet to regularly appear as a resident on Sesame Street. And anyone who grew up as a 90s kid certainly remembers just how lovable Rosita was and still is for kids all across the globe. And in so many ways, that's a reflection of the performer who really brings such an awesome part of herself to the role, 
whether it be through her kindness, creativity, sense of humor, pride in her Mexican heritage, and she's certainly a great ambassador of it. I'm so grateful she can join us tonight. So with that being said, I ask you all to please turn your attention to home plate, just beyond the marquee, now batting Carmen Osbar. Carmen, welcome to Break a Bat, and she swings away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, Al, you made my day, my month, and my year. What a great introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> and tell them the truth. We torture you in a good way. <laughs> in the best way, absolutely. You look exactly the same, at least. I had a lot more oh. hair on my head back then. You, you know, it's been 10 years, but you look exactly the same. 10 years? Yeah. Oi, time flies, right? Wow, 10 years. Yeah. I'm so happy to see you here. I, I love this, uh, that we are able oh. to chat and have fun. <laughs> it is just such an honor to have you here, Carmen. And for the Thank baseball you. fans in our audience, they should know that uh, Carmen had a pretty nice swing when she, like, you know, did a little air swing as we started the show. Did Joe Torre teach you that, Carmen, when you worked with him? Yes. <laughs> I was so excited when he came to the studio. I, I, we were all so excited. Yeah. No, I wish, you know, but I'm from Mexico. We grow, we, I grew up with baseball <laughs> and other sports, but, you know, I, I like baseball. I'm not like a fan, but of course, you know, I, I, I do, I do love baseball, and I follow the, the the major leagues and the big, you know, final championships and stuff. <laughs> now I know that you're in kind of neutral territory in the tri-state area, but if you had to pick Mets or Yankees, Carmen, Yankees, of course. <laughs> Yeah, they knew you were Yankees, baby. <laughs> I'm not shy about it. <laughs> well, you know, you were a pretty big athlete in your own right. I know that you were quite the volleyball player in Mexico City growing up. Yeah, I was. I, sports, they were part of my life. It was funny because I think I was the only one in my family. And I, if I was not climbing trees, I was like, you know, playing tennis or playing volleyball. And I played all the way to, you know, to when I was, older and you know in my 20s so yeah because of injuries I stop if not I will be you know playing in the big leagues there <laughs> <laughs> and I work and you know it's so funny all this sports through my life kind of helped me so much to to do what I do now because believe it or not being a puppeteer it, it, it takes a lot of uh you know skill in your body so it's been so helpful that i have that background yeah i mean i let's just you know if we were talking about you as a baseball player you'd probably be quite a pitcher just because of the arm strength that you have you also <laughs> might be a pretty good catcher because you know you're working on your knees all the time too you know you know rolling around on dollies quite often but yeah, it really builds that strength for sure. Yeah, he's talking about the dollies that we have to sit down floor level and these kind of um, things that we created that we sit down probably four inches above the ground with wheels, like we call them rollies, because the, the puppets have to be like in a very proportional height with the humans. So we work rolling around the studio, not in a very, <laughs> I was going to say in our butts, you know, like rolling around with our both arms up and, you know, around 15 people around you. So you have to, you know, <laughs> be very aware of everybody else. <laughs> oh yeah. And there's certainly a big group of you. Have, uh, have you been enjoying the hiatus? I know you're in between seasons right now. 
Yes, I know. It's been, you know, like everybody else, we had a very difficult year last year that we couldn't do. Obviously, we work in a studio full of people. So the first thing is that we have to stop um, taping. Uh, and uh, but the producers they figure it out, and the union too. They we start working in location last year, like around June, July. We did a location in a farm when they're you know they start allowing people to to be around people outside, and then uh, following all the protocols, and then we started the season fifty two. At the end of last year, we just finished. Uh, so uh, we we were able to be all together, all covered, and uh, you know, with a lot of uh, of we, careful, but nobody got sick. Thank God, we were all good. And uh, yeah, right now we we're we're done with the season, and we're just waiting for to start all over again. We we've been doing some little projects here and there. We're uh, working in this. Um, racial justice uh, campaign. The, the Sesame Workshop is really uh, working on, on on that. So they keep us busy, you know? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that campaign. You've, you've delved into quite a few difficult topics over the years. Um, yeah. You know, even some of the struggles that military families face, obviously, you know, I know that there's the whole uh, campaign that you've been doing, you know, since George Floyd last summer. Um, is there one or two particular projects that, you know, stand out that, uh, you know, you feel, feel really made a big difference? Oh gosh. You know what? I think that, uh, I am just so honored to be part of uh, a TV show that has been so amazing since the sixties. You know, if you think about when the show started in 1969, talking about, being um, incredibly, uh, um, you know, they had, if you think about the actors, the human actors that they have, right? They have Sonia Manzano as Maria. They have Luis Emilio Delgado. They were all like the color of the rainbow and the puppets too. They have a grouch, they have a big bird, you know, so inclusive. Since 1969, I mean, it's something that the show has been doing forever. Um, so, uh, right now, obviously time, times change and things are changing. So we have to do it in different ways, but probably for me, the most important thing, and that I think, um, I saw a lot of, uh, uh, response and that I felt so, so grateful to be part of it was what we did with the military families, because I was able to, um, to live with them through like what we've been working with them for 15 years, but the time of the war, like 10 years, they were really intense 10 years of following them through deployments and, and invisible and, and, and invisible injuries and, and, you know, loss of life, um, incarceration, addiction, all those things that we've been doing with them. I mean, we've been going through the process um, and talking about the families. So, so it's not just the, 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 you know, the military, but the families uh, serve too. So um, that impacted my life because I never realized how much they, um, they do for us. So it was both ways. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, especially when you're hearing that performance at a child, I can't even imagine, you know, being able to get into that type of headspace with some of these topics that you're tackling. You know, when you started on the show back in the 80s, um, is that something that they kind of eased into over the years with your tenure? Or do you think that, you know, just like, you know, you mentioned Roscoe Orman or Emilio Delgado and, you know, some of the actors that they've had on, I know they dealt with some difficult topics, but you know, for you performing a puppet on your hand, is that something that you expected when you started on this journey? Um, No. I mean, to tell you the truth, this is obviously, like I was saying, times change. I mean, obviously they expecting you to be an actor, right? You're an actor. Yes, you're a puppeteer, but you're an actor too. So they, they expect, expect you to to do whatever they they think that is good for the show but i never you know i never did that in the 80s uh in the 80s we would just you know you, you teach letters and and colors and situations and fun and all that but um I, it is funny that you said that because when i got the script for rosita my character my character for this military video was dealing with uh, changes and rosita's that suddenly is in a wheelchair. So when I read the script about how Rosita was dealing with the situation and dealing with seeing her dad in a wheelchair, not not being able to do the things that she was used to, and going through the emotional, it was really hard because, you know, it was really hard because I, I, I felt sad for Rosita to go through that. But I also felt so sad about all the kids that they're going through the situation and that you're doing this for the kids and the families, right? So I think that's the reason, too, it was really personal for me because in the moment that I had to um, express those emotions through Rosita, it went, you know, it went really close, close to home. So, um and now we've just been doing a lot of uh, of that stuff because the world right now, you know, you have to, um, you know, we don't just teach the kids, but we put the words of on, on the parents for the parents too to be able to talk to the children because uh, you know when you're a parent, you know, the kids, they don't come with the manual. <laughs> it's so hard to be a parent. I am a parent. And it's just, ah, how can I, what can I say right now that it will be meaningful, you know, and it will help, you know, my kid instead of like sending him to therapy the rest of their days. So it's, it's good that the show, I'm in a show too, that we put words for the parents too. So it's really nice. I'm so proud to be there. <laughs> you know, it's amazing, Carmen. So much has changed since I was there in 2011. I was looking over the roster of Muppet performers recently, and out of like the 20 or so that make up the main cast, you're one of the last four to be there who actually got to work alongside Jim Henson. Does that ever amaze you? Yeah, I, yes. Yeah, because for a long time, I was the youngest one, right? <laughs> um, yes, it does amaze me. Um, and I feel even... Uh, I'm so grateful that I was able to to meet him, you know, and to see him working and to see that time of of there. It was so magical to see these guys work, not just Jim and Frank and and you know Fran and all the puppeteers, but to see John Stone. That it was the John Stone was like head writer uh, for a while, but he was a producer, he was director. He kind of like put this machine. Uh, going of, you know, Sesame Street. So I was able to see all that time that it was so inspiring because everybody was so 
<laughs> so good. Um, but, you know, these days it's nice to see, too, the young generation coming and, you know, and and now you're 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 teaching to knowing that they're going to stay <laughs> and, you know, and to pass yeah. the torch. <laughs> sure. And, you know, it's funny, a baseball parallel actually comes to mind with that. Um, you know, back in 2008, for example, I'm going to talk Yankees here for a moment. Brett Thank Gardner, you. <laughs> you know, came up. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett Gardner still on the Yankees. He came up as a young kid back in 08, you know, playing alongside some of the legends like a Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit. And in the years since, he sort of evolved from being a role player to one of the leaders of the team, especially with, uh, you know, the tenure that he has and once some of the guys in the old regime started to retire. Um, you came up through the big leagues with quite a few legends yourself that made their own mark in the franchise. Jim and Frank, Carol Spinney, Fran Brill, Steve Whitmire, given your tenure and right. The fact that you got to work alongside some of the best, have you had to take on more of a leadership role like a Brett Gardner to set the bar high for the new guard of performers? (laughs) It's a big responsibility, right? Because yeah, I mean, you're in the big leagues, right? And you're playing with the best of the best. And uh, you try to learn from the best as much as you can. And and you want to keep that legacy alive. And you want to, of course, pass it on and, and pass it not just, you know, stories and things but but um the spirit and and the the uh, is i miss all i miss all those guys they have they have such a class and probably the baseball players they will say the same thing about all these people you know and you want these young people to understand that is is the spirit and is the there's so much more than you know yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but yes, I feel with a big responsibility. <laughs> yeah, and I can only imagine how diff- so much changed so quickly, right? Because like, how difficult was it for you, you know, to playing with your best friends every day on the floor? I mean, it, I mentioned how much things changed after I left uh, in 2011. Jerry passed away. Mm-hmm. Kevin Clash had to resign. Mm-hmm. Steve left. Fran retired. Was it really difficult to keep going in any way just because you were so comfortable around that group? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Is is you know, I I I think of Jerry all the time. I think of Fran, but I think of Fran, you know, she's retired and she's having fun and she's having a wonderful time. But I miss Kevin and I miss Jerry and I miss Fran and I miss everybody else that is moving on, you know. And it is different. Um but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Um, I have to evolve. I, uh, you know, I, um, I sometimes I feel like, oh my God, I'm so old. But thank God, I still have Pam. You know, Pam Arciero started a long time ago with Marty Robinson there too. Uh, we're not a lot of uh, a lot of puppeteers left from that generation, like you said. We're just four. The core four. <laughs> it's like that's what they used to say about those Yankees who are on the '96 team and the '09 team. You have a core four too, because you mentioned Pam, Marty Robinson, and David yeah. Rodman, and then you. So that makes up. The but core you know four. what? The good thing about this is that um, there's young players. <laughs> those young players, and there's always those 
you know, young players that inspire you. And then you start learning from them again. We have Ryan Dillon that performs Elmo right now. And he came to play in the big leagues and he is just like woof, swinging, <laughs> you know, home runs. <laughs> and home hitter, runs. Yeah. <laughs> he is amazing. And, and that kind of stuff for me gives me such, um, uh, and, uh, uh, makes me so happy because I always think, Oh my God, Jim would love him. You know, Jim will be so proud. And I am because I am. And I see that light and I see that spark that uh, Frank had, you know, and Jim had working together with Jerry and all working together. So we're still creating that that spark, that good game, that good play, that sometimes you finish the game, you know, the play, and you're like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a young man, and I'm learning so much from him. And we have Matt Vogel and Eric Jacobson and Peter Linz and all those guys you know, they're so good. And Leslie Carrara came too to our, you know, to play with us. I say play because, you know, we're talking about this. And all these, you know, players are just amazing. And we're, it's not the same, but it's not, you know, we're still creating a good game. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it, I think it's just like, it's, it's similar to the Yankees. There's just different chapters. Yeah. Of an illustrious franchise. And that's what the Muppets are to so many people. Uh, <laughs> one thing I was always curious about is, did you and Jim ever have any conversations about the earliest incarnations of Rosita? Yes, we did. Uh, we did have, we have one. It's funny because um, in, in, in those days, um, he was really busy. He was flying from London to Orlando he was uh, doing the Jim Henson Hour in the 80s. I don't know if anybody remembers the Jim Henson Hour, but Jim Henson was just creating and creating. And, and um, after my workshop and he hired me, it was a full experience for everybody because I was the first uh, foreign <laughs> puppeteer hired to come to the States and work for them for a specific role for Sesame Street. Um, my, my English was not very good, still not very good, but I'm, uh, at, when I had that conversation with Jim, I had like 25% of English. <laughs> wow. And so, yes, we did have one. Uh, the first thing that I remember is like, I told him I'm petrified. I'm going to work with you. And that was one of my dreams, but now I don't know what to do because, you know, it's going to be in English and I don't speak the language. So what am I going to do? And it's like, you're not going to do anything. You're just going to be you, you both, you know, that's what I, we need for Sesame Street and you don't have to <laughs> do a lot, but yeah, we talk about, uh, he, it was really funny because he's like, what, what, why are we going to create? Like, like, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, you want to be a turtle. <laughs> I mean, what kind of character do you envision for Sesame Street? And of course, I wanted a monster, you know? I mean, when they give you the opportunities, like, I want, a, I want a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, you know, he just went through the steps of, of thinking about the character for me and to make me feel comfortable that I thought it was really wonderful of not putting the pressure on me right away. All the contrary is like, you have to feel comfortable 
uh, have fun with it, you know, think about your crazy aunt somewhere in Mexico <laughs> or your best friend. You know, he's trying to give me little points of, of you know, for me to, um, to create this character. Unfortunately, you know, not much after that conversation and me going back and forth from the United States to Mexico for, you know, for my visa and all that. Um, and then he was traveling and then he passed away. <laughs> so I know it was, it, it was really, it was, it was really sad, but John Stone and Norman Stiles and Kevin Clash, um, and Dil- Dulce Singer, that was a executive, executive producer came into the, you know, to help me. And we all created Rosita together. So um, with those bases and, and, and Jim talked to them too about what he was expecting and he wanted it, you know. Um, but it's been a process. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not easy, you know. It's been a process. It's, I mean, I've been in the show for 32 years. So, um, yeah, it, it's been so much fun. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, when you saw the first initial sketch of Rosita, because I, th- I take it you first saw a sketch before you saw an actual puppet. Yeah. Do you think it looked like something that Jim would have, you know, designed himself? or relayed to them as far as what his vision was for how she would look? Yeah. You know, thank God uh, there's this group of amazing people that they work at that time, you know, um, uh, in this meeting that we had the head writer and the producers and all that. It was Ed Christie and Ed Christie worked for Jim Henson for years and years. He built puppets he was an art director and he was sitting down doing sketches of like, yo, I just don't want a little, you know, a little monster. I want a monster, you know, with floaty hair, beautiful color because I'm Mexican. So I don't want, you know, I want like, ah, like a vibrant color. And I, can she have like a little belly and big arms? And I move a lot when I talk. So right now you guys cannot see me, but I'm moving my arms. <laughs> <laughs> so and Christy was drawing all that. And when he finished, it looked like Rosita. But then he went to the to the workshop at Henson and he kind of polished uh, her a little bit. And, and then he showed me and I it was Rosita. And I loved it because he designed her... The first drawing that he did, it was Rosita with her feathers and the top of her head, all roundy with her little belly that I asked for it. And these arms open in the in the air, like she was doing like a flamenco pose. And she had all these wings floating. And I said, oh, my God, she has wings. 
And she's like, well, I, he told me, I don't know if they're wings or, or what they are, but it, it made me think of a, a flamenco skirt, like a dancer. And I said, wow, that's a wonderful idea. I mean, I don't know if it's a flying squirrel, a badge. I mean, who is she? Why she has wings? But I love it. <laughs> Let's keep the wings. <laughs> So Rosita is a Muppet that has very big arms because, you know, she likes to hug and grab and she's very prayful and, and she has these wings floating. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's the story of the, her wings. <laughs> I love how you use the term prideful, by the way, because I mentioned before, you know, you bringing such a big part of yourself to the role because I know that you're crazy, the crazy (laughs) (laughs) the energy let's use the term energy the energy of Carmen Ospar is fully entrenched in that character the musicality because I know you're a little bit of a guitar player as well yeah it it's it's so cool to see that brought to life you know you mentioned you know how the show has evolved with the times over the years um from when you started performing her back in the 90s has she changed as Carmen Osbar has changed? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing that, it, you know, since the beginning, uh, she, I remember <laughs> I was really shy with English. I didn't know what I was saying. Sometimes I had lines that I was just praying for the English to come correctly, and I have no idea if I was doing okay or not. So I was really a little bit insecure of the the performance side. My puppeteering, it's funny, the physicality of the puppeteering and all that, I was very, very happy with it. But the performance because of the language and the language barrier was really hard. But Rosita's always been, she doesn't care. Uh, she has something that I love that, eh, you know, like she just says the things, whatever they come out, that that's still the same. But obviously, because I speak a little bit more English and I am more aware of the language now after 32 years, that is different on on my performance. I feel more free. So she, she, she is more playful. I'm able to improvise more with the performing and now I'm improvised too much that they have to tell me, Hey, Hey, wait a minute. Stay with the script. I'm like, Oh, but that was funny. The improv, though, that's where you have an opportunity to grow and develop the character. That's, yeah. you know, Jim and Frank, who always used to talk about yes. that. And and I feel like it's been so nice to see that, you know, especially for me, having grown up with that character as a young kid and then seeing you work her up close. First of all, that is a very, that's a pretty big monster. I mean, you said you wanted to play a monster. You know, there's <laughs> Elmo, who's like kind of like a small puppet. With Rosita, you have the, you know, you have the things to cover your arms. She didn't have wings at the time when I was there, I don't think, but that was a heavy puppet. She, yeah, well, yes, they're not heavy, you know, the, well, actually, some some of them, I have to say, they're heavy. Rosita is actually really nice. Is not is not that bad. I had worst, but uh, what it is what it is uncomfortable if you put both arms up in the air, and and you keep them up, and not just don't keep them up, but you have to you know open close open close your hands, and at the same time that you are rolling in the floor with both arms up, and you do all that stuff, it it it, it becomes heavy after a while, you know. Um, no, but Rosita's not that bad. 
<laughs> She's not like a doctor teeth then. No, you know what? Elmo is heavier. If you almost heavy there yes, is really? yeah yeah because his head is bigger and is it has more like uh Rosita's all foam inside and is just really uh but she's big so she's all over me as you know it covers my head and I and then you were right she didn't have wings when um when you were there with us they took the wings uh we didn't know who decided that somebody some one day I just arrived to the set and Rosita had no wings and I'm like Okay, what happened? Where are they? I was like, <laughs> almost like crying. And they told us that maybe um, because of uh, merchandising and I don't remember exactly what was the reason, but they decided them to take them out and uh, maybe to make her look, I really don't know. But I am happy to tell you that since last year, <laughs> since season 51, I win the battle again and they put the wings again. So. The wings are back? <laughs> <laughs> the wings are back. Wow. And now I have other problems because really the wings, they cover my face and uh, <laughs> and now she's all over the place, you know, but but it's good. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Right. Because it's taking her back to who she was originally. It just And it does make the puppet a little, it gives a little bit more dimension, I think, yes. to the puppet yeah. when you look at her with those. And, it, and it make, you know, it's part of her. I mean, I, and that's the way she was designed since the beginning. But anyway, I, you know what? Now that you guys, it, I love that is, uh, you know, all athletes and sport you know, talk. We did a few live shows. Um, and, and that's a completely another story. And I wanted to talk to you about it because (laughs) it is really embarrassing for us to show people how we work in front of a stage. We did for the 50th season, uh, the Lincoln center, Winton Marsalis, the jazz um, yes, jazz at Lincoln Center. That's we right. had a lot of shows with them live, with them playing and all singing and rolling around the set in front of everybody. You know, our little puppets, our, our stage is huge and the puppets are our puppets. So, But we wanted it to show people how we work. But we were basically crossing, crossing the set from the, 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 you know, the stage from one side to the other one in our rollie singing live with our both arms up. <laughs> <laughs> and we survived it. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I had to run and walk like a month before, so I couldn't, I was able to do it. It was horrible. <laughs> it takes guts and it takes athleticism, 100%. Yeah, but I mean, I'm old. I mean, hello. <laughs> that's all right. Derek Jeter was still diving into the stands and doing his jump throw, uh, you know, later into... Uh, on the, but that know, the was Jeter. I'm career, not Jeter. Right? <laughs> 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 oh God. Let, let me ask you, when you're performing Rosita, especially around like young kids and you have the puppet on and they're there right in front of you these days, kids have a short attention span. Are they always looking directly at the puppet or are they looking at you as the performer as well? Oh gosh. Well, you know what? Kids are amazing. And there's a kid that they were looking at, they will look at you and they, they will kind of like not know. But most, and I have to say like 97% of the kids, when you put the character in front of them, uh, this character is their friends that they watch on TV and they look at the character and they kind of look at you as like, why are you carrying Rosita? Let her go. You know, uh, and they kind of forget about you. 
Uh, and it's really nice to see the magic happening in front of you. They completely ignore you. You're the old person next to their friends. And they focus on the character. It's really, it's really cool. It's really amazing. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that jazz at Lincoln Center special that you did. You've had the opportunity to work on quite a few great specials and, you know, different different Christmas specials come to mind and anniversary specials. Do you have a favorite that stands out, you know, having done this for 30 plus years now? Well, of course, um, I the 20th season <laughs> special. Oh, there, with um, Jim. Did Jim direct that? Or well, he, Jim was, was there. I... It, Probably was Jonestown directing, but Jim was there. Yeah, everybody was there. Um, and it was magical. Uh, 20 years, you know, and they were really happy that they were, you know, we were happy to have the 20th. I was not able to work on the special because uh, my my paperworks were at the, you know, in the works. <laughs> but I was there and I, I was there every day. And I, you know, uh, they had Placido Domingo and they did uh, Placido Flamingo. That it was a character in those days did a song with Placido Domingo. And it was hilarious that Richard Hunt performed. Um, and, and I just remember just the excitement and I remember Jim and, and it was a very lovely special, but you know what they're all, they're all are because it's such a celebration every time we don't take it for granted that we still go, you know, that our show still, um, alive. <laughs> so every special is like, wow, 35, woo, 40, ah, 50. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all very special, but that one in particular for me, because I, I spend a lot of time with Jim and Jerry and Frank and they torture me a lot. So I like that. <laughs> is there a lot of hazing that? Oh yeah. They, the yeah. They were terrible. <laughs> they're such kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, then because I didn't understand though. the word, they were words with me. But no, it was, I remember saying they hate me. And I remember who told me, Jerry, no, if they're bugging you is because they like you. I'm like, well, they like me a lot. So they don't like me that much. Stop bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> My big brothers. <laughs> It was like a family though. Oh, and yes, I, we it was, are. <laughs> right? It's it's so amazing how that has never gone away. I do have to know how weird has it been having gone from really shooting eight months out of the year down to eight weeks? Was that like a big shock for you? Yeah. Yes. Our live was uh around sesame, you know. I there were six months of yeah, six, seven months of of uh working. But it's been, you know, now it's been probably like 20 years that we just do, what, three, three months, three, four months. Yeah, I think when I was there, it was like four, yeah, it was January to yeah. May, so like four months. It is, um, and in the old days, we have um, two days during the week that we do, we did just Muppet inserts. We call them Muppet inserts. And if we didn't have any humans. The sets were built up high, so we were able to perform standing up instead of rolling around in the, you know, on the floor with humans. So it was just Muppet World. And it's when they used to do the Ernie and Bird segments and the Grover and, and the restaurant and all those incredible yeah. Muppet inserts that we remember, you know, and the parodies and... Um, we used to have a lot of fun. Now this the show, you know, is, is changed because it had to change. Um, instead of being one hour, uh, now it's half an hour show. But I think it works good. Um, and, well, we're still trying to, you know, to educate. 
Oh, absolutely. And you still do such a great job with it, Carmen. And the characters are as poignant as ever and used in a really special way. Um, one thing that I would like to do, Carmen, is for our audience to get to know you a little bit better beyond, or I should, I guess, say uh, they know you, they could get to know you below the frame, so to speak, uh, <laughs> with this little segment that we do called Fastball Derby, where I want you to picture yourself in that batter's box, Carmen. Um, Aroldis Chapman is on the mound throwing 105 miles an hour. You got to think quick. I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You tell me what comes to mind. A lot of it is Muppet related. Some of it isn't. Okay. And um, you're also a great storyteller. If you want to sprinkle some of those in there, uh, give the audience a chance to know you a little bit better and bring home the winning run. How does that sound? That sounds great. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Let's start with an easy one. Favorite New York City meal? Pizza. <laughs> you can, that's a safe choice. <laughs> no argument here. You, you say meal, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the New York pizza. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I stay with that. You could be the lead in one Broadway musical. What would it be? <gasps> hmm. Oh gosh. There's so many, but you know what? I, for a reason, I always, I know all the words and I love it is Let Me Serravel. So I would love to be, uh, uh, one of the female characters, either any of them, <laughs> I will be so happy. <laughs> That's a good one. I was hoping that uh, when they did On Your Feet, there would be uh, like a scene uh, depicting Carmen Osbar because I know that Gloria Estefan and Rosita are oh. such good friends. That should have. That, I think they should have put that into that to that show. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, here's one. Team Derek Jeter or Team Alex Rodriguez? Oh, Jeter. Not even a question about it. Yes. <laughs> Don't have to think that. <laughs> There's very few right or wrong answers in Fastball Derby, but you just gave the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. Now, you know a thing or two about great music. Obviously, you were a very accomplished musician back in Mexico. Yeah. Your experience in America now, who do you think is America's band? The Beach Boys or the Eagles? Oh, God, you put it so difficult there. <sighs> hmm. There's so many different, you know. Oh, gosh. Personally, <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> okay, that's a great, listen, I mean, it's a win-win with either one. <laughs> Favorite Muppet that you don't perform yourself? It has to be one. <laughs> <laughs> this is difficult because I have two that they're my, my, my favorite. Um, and obviously the first one is Kermit, the frog. I love his spirit and I love what he commands. You know, he's like the the leader of the pack, the captain, the, the everything, the coach, everything. But I also, Grover, I cannot, you know, Grover, I, I identify with him a lot because, you know, I get in trouble all the time, like him. <laughs> so space. So I love him. I, yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Two great choices. Um, and it's it's kind of appropriate for this next question. And uh, this, I feel like it could be kind of cool because maybe we'll get some stories that we've never heard before. I'm going to name three of your legendary contemporaries. And I'd like to know your favorite memory or sketch in which you got to work alongside them. How does that sound? That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start with Frank Oz. Oh, 
Oh, Frank is just uh, amazing, and I and he's just such a talent, and it is always so wonderful to work with him. Um, I have a lot of I don't know what which one to tell you, but um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you two because uh, they're funny. Um, you know, when you start working as a muppeteer, uh, it, it is it is like any team, like any sport team, you have to also not just be good at what you're doing, but you also have to, you know, the team has to like you <laughs> in a way because you all work together. And and um, so the first season when you're hired, you are not performing a main character. You know, they have to get to know you. They have to see what you are able to do. So you assist the other puppeteers. So my first year, um, I was assisting a lot Richard Hunt, and I assist a lot Frank Oz, <laughs> and uh, and it was hilarious. And he, I told you that they they torture me. And Frank, um, uh, he is so talented. When we work, um, uh, the puppeteers put their scripts in the side of uh, we use monitors to see what we're doing and we're the only performers that we are able to see uh, our performance at the time that we are performing so and that's uh, kind of like the Jim Hen Jim Henson created this way of performing so um they put their lines in the side of the monitors so in a way they're kind of reading their lines performing it at the same time uh, but obviously with Frank and Grover, Grover moves all over the place. He goes back and forth. So you kind of have to follow him, kind of assisting him and follow him with his script in your hands, right? And I remember after a very long day of assisting him and it worked out well, you know, sometimes assisting is very difficult because you have to pass props and you cannot cover their eyes. And that day was a good day for me. And at the end of the day, um, he's like, well, yeah, that was good. Next time, you know, and I also have to carry his lines and I have to sometimes I have to point out at the line because there were so many that he was getting lost. So I was kind of pointing, you know, and then he said at the end of the day, he's like, no, but tomorrow, please change the color of your nails. <laughs> I, would like, I would like you to have like a French manicure or something. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> All day. <laughs> that was his takeaway of the day. Yeah, I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> but it made me laugh so much. You know, it was he was just so funny. We were so stressed about the whole day, and I was like, I hate your manicure. <laughs> oh, what a story! And another one with him. I'm sorry, but this one was so funny because after you know he kind of like started directing movies so he stopped uh, working with us and he got really you know busy so once in a while comes and performs with us but um one of the times he just came to have like a, an impro class improvisation and all, all of us we were mortified and we were scared to death you know like the best player in the world has come and <laughs> kind of check how we do it so it's like oh and we were so nervous and I was just petrified. And the way he was, uh, you know, he was, in, in, it was an impro class and he had a character and he was interviewing you for a job. So you have to go to this. I, well, you remember the Muppet box where they put all the Muppets? Uh, anyway, you know, there's, 
it's it's a place where they you know they put the ice in the Muppets, they put their clothes, they fix them, and down in the um, workshop or, uh, or off to the, off the side of the stage, yeah. right? Where with Lars, right? Yes. Right, right, right. Yes. Okay. Well, they had a place full of Muppets, and you are able to choose which character you wanted for that specific interview. So I grabbed like the tiniest little girl, you know. And I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. And everybody's watching, right? And like watching, what are you going to do with Frank Oz? And I do remember getting nervous, going to, you know, I have this character. And since the beginning, I thought, okay, I'm going to try to to switch the, you know, I'm going to try to get Frank. And, <laughs> and I remember that we had so much fun because this little character and I, I like a feisty little Latina, right? And then this guy, you know, Frank was that, his character was like, oh, you know, kind of passive aggressive and throwing, you know, giving me a hard time. So this little thing started like talking to him in Spanish and giving him attitude. <laughs> and I had Frank kind of like... Couldn't continue because he, he started laughing. So, <laughs> so that for me was special because I thought, oh my God, he laughed at my stupidity. I love it. <laughs> anyway, long story. That's a great one. And that was just like a regular workshop day where he came in to, you know, teach you guys a little bit? Yeah. Yes, of course. He wanted to remind us that, you know, we had to be funnier and better. Wow. <laughs> Like the best coach, and you know, I love yeah. that that they come and they refresh your. <laughs> yeah, that's Derek Jeter coming down bit. the hallway to teach you how to hit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about this one, Steve Whitmire? Oh, Stevie, I started with him. Oh God, he. Well, you know, he used to do Kermit uh, in the old days, um, and we did. He called me, and um, that I was just so. Uh, honored but he wanted me to uh, assist him for this gosh what was the name of that tv show remember that tv show that uh, they used to rebuild a house for a family in need it, uh, was that extreme makeover um, extreme makeover home, home, yeah, the extreme home makeover uh like in extreme, a week it was yeah. like a week I know the I know the show you're talking about. I don't know Extreme Makeover Home Edition or something like that. That might have been. I could be wrong. I I kind of want to look this up now. <laughs> yeah, well, Kermit was there, and um, and I spent that whole week with uh with Stephen, and uh, I mean, I don't have anything in the specific to tell you, but um. It was really, it was really special because even that I knew him and we worked together, we never had a chance to really connect. And and that week was a, a, a wonderful, con, you know, connection. And I think we both have that moment um, and we always laugh <laughs> about that week. You know, I miss him. I miss Steve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I did look it up. By the way, it looks like it was Extreme Makeover. Home it was Edition. Extreme Makeover, and you know what? They used to do it in a week because I remember we they, we were there for three days, and we we had to fly back to New York for two days because we were working in something else, and then we flew back for the end of the week, and the house was done. 
Wow. And and it was just like, whoa, <laughs> is it going to stay off? I mean, how did you do that in a week? <laughs> to, to use the sports terminology, I can only imagine what a great double play combo you and Steve were. You know, it's like shorts, <laughs> you see being the shortstop, you being second baseman working alongside each other. I, I, I'm i going to have to look on YouTube to find that clip now, knowing that you were underneath Kermit with him. That's so cool to hear. <laughs> well, just helping Steve. Yeah, he was doing everything. It was fun. It was so much fun. He He's such a uh, creative fun. Funny. talking about a musician and everything he's such a good good performer yeah and uh number three on that legend list that i was going to uh drop here um how about fran brill oh franny oh gosh well with fran i work with her what 30 years i don't know so there's i can't it's just everything about fran fran you know, such a talented actress. Um, uh, we share performances and the set and, you know, we're family. I, I, I cannot, uh, she's so funny in particular and, and <laughs> you probably have good memories of her and the way, the very quiet way that she talks, but then yeah, she goes like right to the heart. <laughs> That's a good impression. <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. Um, no, you know what? The kind of person, she she's such an, an amazing human being, too, I and such a good actress. I do remember she was preparing herself for this. I mean, she was off-Broadway or in a play that she was performing a, a, a Scottish uh, I don't remember the name of the play, but um, she took it very, as always, she took it very serious. And and those days I had a very good friend, you know, from Scotland, but from Scotland, I mean, she's from Edinburgh. So and she was visiting me and I remember that friend said, oh my gosh, do you mind if we go for dinner? I pay for dinner, but I need to hear her talk because, you know, I, you know, I, people tell me that they're Scottish, but they're not. Your friend is from Edinburgh. I need to hear her. <laughs> so we went for dinner and we stayed long, long hours. Then <laughs> everybody was speaking with Scottish accents after that. <laughs> <laughs> the drinks were pouring, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Whiskey. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, that sounds no, like a night. But then we go see, we, we went to see her and she was amazing. I mean, she's so talented. She's so That's another up. great double play combo. I used to love watching the two of you work alongside each other. And I mentioned <laughs> in the intro, like when I, th that, you know, those days when you two would, you know, let me hang out with you, it was just so much fun to watch you two together and like yeah. a great double play combo. And then she probably tortured you with that kind little voice, you know, <laughs> say, ow, oh, what's your name? Ow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Escalates to Prairie Dawn. That, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. exactly. Just, Fran is Prairie Dawn for sure. Yep. Literally. Oh, it was yeah. such, oh, such, such great memories. I don't want to be too nostalgic. I want to get back to the game because I only have a couple <laughs> more questions left. Um, okay. How about this one fact about Carmen Ospar that would surprise people the most? Oh, oh, I don't know. I think I'm open book. <laughs> Let's see. Surprise. Hmm. I don't know. Um, well, I kind of told you that I, I am very, uh, you know, 
I'm very insecure about my English. Uh, let's see. No, that's stupid. You know, and it, I, don't I don't know, know. why you are, by the way. I, I don't know why you are because you have no reason to be. What surprise? Let's see. Hmm. Ah. Uh, I really don't know because I'm kind of an open book. I uh, and I say that I'm a mom and I have a 21 year old and I don't know. Uh, well, that I, I I I don't know. I really don't know. So no, <laughs> that I don't know. Book. It will surprise you that Carmen doesn't know what will surprise you about me. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> that I'm very boring. No, <laughs> <laughs> Which lie can Carmen Osborne tell during fastball derby? That let she's me think about that one, and uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, the last two here. Um, I talked about you know some of the cultural impacts that you've made uh, getting to play Rosita, some of the people you've gotten to work with, some of the projects you've gotten to work on. What's the proudest moment of your career? Oh God, the proudest moment. Gosh, there's been so many <laughs> because I think the proudest moment for me was when I put Rosita and I performed with her the first time. Uh, and the proudest moment, too, is the last time I grabbed Rosita and I performed her because I don't take it for granted. You know, that I think uh, once you get the job is <laughs> not, you know, is you have to keep it on, you know, the whole game. <laughs> you know, you have to keep your game up all the time. Yeah. So, um, but there's so many moments, you know, I think one of the times that I was just so amazingly proud, um, was, uh, <laughs> and this is crazy because thinking even about it, you know, the time that we work with the military, again, I go to the military because it makes such an impact, but to, I remember one time that, uh, we were at the Pentagon and they, after presenting one of the videos, uh, we had breakfast, but they they invited us for breakfast in the Pentagon after presenting this to the military. And they took us to this room. And then I realized that in the room, it was just, you know, Kevin Clash, it was Leslie Carrara, myself, and some people from Sesame. But the other people, there were all the heads of the military. Wow. All you know, the, the the all the generals and admirals, and you know the the. And I remember sitting there and thinking, "Oh my God!" And they were just like so wonderful and welcoming. And um, and then I thought, "Wow, what an incredible place to be!" Because of what I do, I mean, I can't believe that I'm in the Pentagon. This Mexican girl. <laughs> sitting down with all the heads of the military because they uh, they were so grateful with Sesame for what we were doing for them and their families. And, and I was just, um, you know, it took me a moment to reflect at that time and thinking, oh my God, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm here right now at this moment with all these amazing people <laughs> that they're working so hard to keep us safe and, you know, Amazing. for what I do. So that was really cool. But there's so many, there's so many, <laughs> you know, I We're remember one time being underneath a table and have Michelle Obama lap here <laughs> in a press conference. And she kept like tickling my head, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God, that's Michelle Obama. 
and I'm in her lap. <laughs> Being tickled is one of Being your tickled. other proudest moments. Yeah, yeah. There's so um, many great moments. <laughs> I love them all. Now, this is the one we used to wrap every show, Carmen. I can't wait to hear your answer. What's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, that... Uh, First of all, to follow my dream and as as far away and difficult uh, uh, that dream is, as long as you really want it, it's always it, it will always you know will come alive, and and I truly believe that you know I uh, whatever the dream is and I'm not just talking about my job but when you're focused on something you know I think that's the main thing it there's always there's always a way and that's the meaning there's always a way and there's always a light at the end of the tunnel to get it it might not come at the right time when you think but it will come you know you just have to keep trying <laughs> because there's there's always a way Carmen, you hit so many big home runs tonight and you've hit so many grand slams throughout your career. This was just like such a huge honor as you swing away again. <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for joining me on the show tonight. Seriously, thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> I know. We won't wait to, uh, 10 years next time. Exactly. Please. <laughs> no 10 well, years. <laughs> deal. <laughs> well, thank you again, Carmen. And thank you to all the folks at home who listened to Break a Bat tonight. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. This is Al Malafrante signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.